listening to episode 35, chapter 5 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. We have had an amazing conversation with Jim and Alan Fadling this week. And honestly, it's, it's re- so it's really our first conversation back into the new year. We had the podcast last week where we talked about our five steps, but this one is kind of really the, the first conversation to really kick things into gear. And honestly, I can't think of a better way to get back into podcasting with our guests. Absolutely. The, it, it, the stuff that we talked about with Jim and Alan really just encapsulates everything that Daily Growth Discipleship is about. Yep. It's about recognizing your identity as a beloved child of God, and in that, allowing God to do a work in your life and transform you, not because of anything that you've done, but because of who he is. Yep. And then the joy of sharing that journey with somebody else. Absolutely. It's, uh, it, it, and it, even, you know, they or articulate some of the things that we're most passionate about with the idea just in, right in the title of what does your soul love? Like automatically, I think we're getting into that area of motivation, which you and I have been um, so anxious to sort of seek out in our own lives, I think, since understanding how important that can be. And so what they've got in their book, and at least with these eight questions, right, is it's just a deep dive into the depths of your soul, into your heart, what you really want, uh, you know, who you really are, what's really driving you underneath all of that. And, um, you know, we talk about it in this podcast. Some of these questions can be painful. Oh, yeah. You know, to go through this sort of a, a process with, but it's one that is, that is necessary if we are going to live a lifestyle of discipleship, if we're going to make following Jesus something that happens in those everyday, ordinary moments of life. That being said, though, this process is hard. It is incredibly worth it. Mm-hmm. So... I also don't want people to hear us. Of course, if you've listened to it from this point, you know, this week, then I think you've gathered that so far is that it, there's great joy through this process. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not sometimes, you know, maybe sleepless nights that, that you, you've kept away yeah. evaluating who you are. But on the other side of that, you come out of that thing knowing your father so much more, knowing your identity so much more. and again, I think walking stronger out the call that God has, uh, has gifted you more than ever before. Absolutely. And I'm really, that's the focus of their, the last of the eight questions. It's, I mean, where do you find your joy? Mm-hmm. And I think as you progress through these things, yeah, the more you begin to see who God truly is, and I, to, to borrow from what John Piper says, when you, when you really start to see Jesus, you really start to value him above everything else. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's painful to go through these things. It's painful to answer the question, uh, where am I hiding? Yeah. Or uh, what am I afraid of? I mean, it's, you can easily dismiss uh, the answer to that question by saying, well, I'm afraid of heights or I'm afraid of spiders. Yeah. But really dig down deep and, and try to answer that question. Like, if you're trying to, uh, if you're ashamed of your deepest, darkest sin, why are you hiding that? Yep. 
And I think what, that's an important what are you distinction. Afraid of in that. Exactly. I think that's an important distinction of why it's a hard process is because it's it's that deeper fear that sometimes I think is an un, it's it's unconscious a lot of times, but it's an unwillingness to actually go there. You know, because that that joy is often produced from finally getting there and then yeah. letting it go. Yeah. And so there's just something about and I think I think it's got to be part of the that the enemy schemes right that really pull at us because it's almost an unfounded fear a lot of times of like well why why shouldn't we go there and it's 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 irrational a lot of times you don't really know until you've gone there like you're saying right to really dig down deep and say why am i ashamed well there's probably some fear that's holding you back from even asking that question yeah and so um you know, that's why I love sort of our uh, last chapter, uh, yesterday's chapter that came out about walking with someone with it, because it becomes, you know, in that specific context, we were asking about marriage. But as we've talked about, that sort of then extrapolates into other relationships. Absolutely. Um, but you really have somebody to walk with. Number one, it just makes asking these questions much easier um, to, to bounce these questions off of somebody to talk about it, to process it. Um, but then also to have somebody to prod you a little bit and to, you know, go deeper with. And, and maybe there's areas of your life that you didn't think were there to explore, but they can see them mm-hmm. or that the spirit can give them insight to ask you about. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think back to, you know, growing up and uh, you'd be in youth group or at some youth event and they'd say, all right, everybody that wants to get saved, come forward. And if you're too scared, grab the grab the person next to you and come down with come down with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just there's just something about doing something, even like putting yourself out there and saying I need to get saved. That is so much easier to do with a friend. Absolutely. And I mean, you and I know firsthand that some of the things that we've explored in our own lives probably would not have happened if we not been there to go into those things with each other. Yep. And so I don't think we can overvalue walking with somebody else in this journey of transformation. That's, yeah, one of the highlights of the the conversation for me this week. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I want to go back to motives. The, The questions that they ask in this book uh, really do, like you said just a little bit ago, really get at the motives. Why are we doing things the way that we're doing them? And so, Chris, what would you say is probably your biggest uh, takeaway from this week's conversation when it comes to understanding our motives? Uh, I'd say that's the uh, the desire section. Like when we're um, when we really ask what we desire, uh, this is something it came up. At some point last year on the podcast, we started talking about this, and I won't go into all of that sort of stuff. But anyway, since since this concept has come up, it essentially said, we don't really know what our motives are, or at least we're not honest enough to admit what our true desires are. And so that's something that I've, I've found really, really interesting over the last few months, and so I've been kind of contemplating that and trying to really drill down into... What are, what is the true desires of my heart? Like if I could make a wish on something and just say the true desires of my heart were to come true, like would I be willing to make a wish like that? And I don't know if I can truly make that wish right now because I think the desires of my heart are so mixed 
And I, I can't even be certain of what they are. So w- what I like about this process, though, of asking, uh, asking questions about what your desires are is that I don't have to actually have an answer right away because it's a process. It's not a one yes. and done question. It's through that process, though, that I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my heart and to form my desires. Part of my prayer then has been, uh, I think it's from Tim Keller, Lord, uh, make my desires what they should be or something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, so yeah I, I think for me that was a huge highlight of the, the episode and, and, and trying to dig down into that, that process and get out what's really in there. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And for me, I think it's probably the the ongoing nature of that process. I get so wrapped up in wanting to, uh, like Alan was saying, get the answer and then just be done with it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I want to be more like Jesus. Can't I just move on from that now? Yeah. <laughs> and, and really, because our identity as children of God is what it is, and because that takes the pressure off of us for having to, or to, to have to live up to some standard before God accepts us, it really does mean that we can take this journey of transformation and not really have to worry about having everything done right up front. Yeah, It's okay that we're still in process because God's the one who's controlling the process. Exactly. And so, I mean, even if we wanted to, I don't know that we could change anything about it because God's the one who's controlling it in the first place. That's a good point. There's a lot of freedom there if you can really let go of that, that desire to to be in control and produce everything. But man, that hurts to let go. It's the undoing of everything that you are. Yeah, exactly. Death to self is what Jesus called it. You know what it, you know what it brings to mind? You know like when we go to the gym and we're doing lat pull downs and you, you, you stack up a really big heavy weight on that bar. And so then as you're pulling that sucker down, you know, we always, we, we're always like uh, sort of making a big deal about it. But when you let go of that, it hurts so incredibly much to let go of that bar with your, in like oh, no, it opening does. your hands up hurts. Especially if you got the junk bar that's like got all the really bad grip stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the, that makes it the worst. But it's only in that letting go is it ever going to get better. Right. And so that's just, I think that's just got to be a natural part of the process. Right. So. Now it reminds me, I think C.S. Lewis used the analogy of going to the dentist. Mm. Your tooth hurts and it hurts getting it pulled, but man, it's kind of a good pain once it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So It can't get better unless you, you're, you're willing to go through that, um, yeah, through that experience. And so, um, and recognizing that that experience is a, is, is a good one in the long run. And uh, I think the pain that we're feeling there is just the loss of something that should never have been there in the first place, which is, again, getting out of all that sin, that junk desires and, and stuff like that, that we didn't want to let go of in the first place. And, um, and then I guess if I, if I bring that back around, because again, I, I'm sort of putting all this together as I'm talking, but it's, um, it's, that, it's just that sculpting process of our identity. You know, we have an image of ourselves in our minds one way. God says, no, no, no. And, that, and that's really what we mean when we say God is, accepts us for who we are. It, it doesn't mean necessarily the, the, the sinful bad person we are. As in he like celebrates that exactly. and accepts us and says, yeah, like I'm, you're, I'm so glad you're a sinner. Exactly. <laughs> no, he sees who he has called us to be. And yes. so he does accept that 
that unshapen, misformed ball of clay, if you will. But he wants to take us and turn us into something that's so much better. And, and, and it's in that process that we have to let go of that person that we think that we're supposed to be. Yes. And, and everything yes. that that comes upon it, you know, everything from, I think, the sinful world and to the people in the church with the best intentions. Yep. Because <laughs> even their expectations can uh, create a false identity within us. Yep. There is no one who's righteous. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no one has this perfect. And it's all got to be about God's grace. Yeah. And so there's, yeah, there's tremendous freedom in being able to just let go of that and let God begin to do that work in our hearts if we're willing to accept that. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Jem and Alan's work, check out unhurriedliving.com. If you like what you've heard this week, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you use. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.